You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome back to another special edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I am joined once again by my two best friends, Joe and Ed. Guys, welcome back. How you doing? Uh, next time you should consider us to be your star guests because, uh, let, let's be honest, we're the, we're the ones who break in the dough. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, the most listened episodes I have are with you guys. <laughs> and that's not a joke. It literally is with you guys. The best part is we don't know what we're talking about, but we thank you for the listen. <laughs> but uh, but I'm glad you guys are back, uh, Joe. I I am just Ed. People want wanted you back. Like, hey, that guy's pretty cool. But Joe, I mean, for God's sakes, dude, my my phone is getting blown up with DMs and text <laughs> oh, messages yeah. and emails, being like, we want Joe back, and I just tell them, look, he doesn't want to come back unless I give him a big bag of money. Yeah, I gotta tease him. You know, I gotta tease the sweaties. Yeah, so I had to, I had to Venmo you like you know a Visa gift card to Chili's. Shh, <laughs> you didn't do nothing. I didn't tell you. I didn't say how much it was. Yeah, but I don't want people knowing I go to Chili's. I'm an Italian. What the hell am I doing at Chili's? Well, it's closed right now. So thanks, thanks to the Rona, you know. What Rona? No such thing. Positive <laughs> vibes only, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I'm CJ Palmisano, once again, joined by my best friends, Ed and Joe. And today, we're going to be talking about the greatest of all time. That's a pretty, excuse me, pretty broad subject. But what we're pretty much going to be doing is we're going to be talking about some of the best wrestlers of all time. Now, none of us made any lists uh, for this episode. We had kind of planned to do something else until somebody said, uh, I'm not too sure what we're going to be talking about with that. So we kind of spitballed it. Um, so going to be going out through history. There have been so many pro wrestlers over the years from the 80s to the, to the early, mid, late 90s, the 2000s, all the way up to today. There are some of the there are some amazing pro wrestlers uh, that we've seen over the years. Going through, you know, guys like Macho Man, Randy Savage, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, to guys like Steve Austin, The Rock, The Undertaker, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, um, and then I'll be here all day <laughs> just spitting these names. But let's kind of like dive through each era, I guess, and kind of say who we really liked the best. So let's start with, I'm not going to go through the whole Bruno San Martino era of things because that's... Honestly, it's San Martino and then Koloff and then a handful of others. But let's you didn't even see it, so let's be honest. No, I wasn't even born, so I'm not even yeah. going to bother. But I am a little familiar with the golden age of pro wrestling with guys like Hogan and Flair and Steamboat, Andre the Giant. Let's dive in through there. I know there's not probably not going to be spending too much time on this, but if you guys had to pick like a favorite guy from that era, and it doesn't necessarily have the clown. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily have to be WWF. It could be like you know, like uh, NWA or stuff like that. So, Joe, I'll start with you. Who was a guy in that time? Would you say was probably the best? It's hard because when you talk about the greatest of all time, you have to do a couple of things. One, you have to try and not be biased, which you know it's hard to do. But uh, really, you also have to think of 
different things outside of the ring, you know, what their influence was in the business, uh, you know, obviously their in-ring work uh, and everything else, but, like, what kind of character they were backstage and, you know, how they helped the business grow uh, behind the scenes. Um, in the 80s, I kind of want to punch myself, but honestly, I think the greatest of the 80s is Hulk Hogan. Oh, and I know, but, I mean... All politicking aside, all you know, all uh, in-ring detriments aside, he did really make WWE what it is today. I mean, there was no time in history where, and I'm including the Attitude Era, there was no time in history where wrestling was as big as it was until WrestleMania three, and Hulk Hogan was really the main reason for that, and you know it. it I'm going to kind of contradict myself later on when, you know, I say influence isn't everything, but in the eighties, it kind of was in a way because it it's really what gave wrestling the kick in the ass that it needed to make way for all these other guys to come in. That's very true. But also into the early nineties as well, because that's something some people kind of forget is like that era with Hogan and everything that's early nineties as well, all the way to maybe like 1994, 93, yeah. 90, 95, maybe. Well, when was WrestleMania 3? What, what year was that? Uh, Mania 3. I'm going to have to look up real quick because I don't know off the top of my head. Um, WrestleMania 3. <clears throat> I'm shocked. I'm shocked you don't know this. Well, I yeah, don't because know. before then, I mean, wrestling had its fans and everything, but I mean, it wasn't the cultural phenomenon that it is today. WrestleMania 3 took place on March 29th, 1987. Okay, so. 87. Okay, so, yeah, in the 80s into the early 90s. That's very true, um, but that's a fair point. WrestleMania was it was it was like the first really great WrestleMania, WrestleMania three, in a lot of the eyes of the fans, because you did have that match with uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and Ricky the Dragon Steam, excuse me, Dragon Steamboat, just the epitome of workhorse guys. Fighting for the Intercontinental Championship, which at the time the Intercontinental Championship was just as important as the World Championship, um, and then you just have the showcase of Andre and Hulk Hogan, with the match being that Hulk Hogan could never lift Andre, the, or could, can he lift Andre the Giant over his shoulders and everything? And if you look back, yes, he did. He did it like three times, but at the time <laughs> the internet wasn't a thing, so it's like, oh my god, um, he tore his bicep when he did that. He, he told in an interview, yeah, he tore his he, bicep. He messed it up. Well, that's a big like, load of man that you're trying to heave over your shoulders. So. Yeah, yeah, very true. Surprised you didn't tear more than that. Yeah, very true. But, um, okay. So in that era, Ed, for you, do you have anybody that you could pick that who you think could be in that era? And again, I'm and also, Joe, I'm very surprised you picked Hogan. I figured you would have picked like, like Flair or something because I know you're a big I mean, fl- I'll, I'll tell you that my favorite in the 80s was Macho Man Randy Savage. He was by far my favorite 80s wrestler. But I just think that, you know, you have to kind of go with Hogan on that one. Okay. Yeah, and keep in mind when we say greatest of all time, we're not even talking about wrestling ability because if that was the case, Hogan wouldn't even be in the list. But right. he was too charismatic. He made the crowd pop. I mean, when he went, showed up anywhere, like, it was just so loud. So I would have to agree with Joe. I mean, who else was there besides that you can really think of besides Hulk Hogan? Yeah, Macho Man, but... Hogan, he had movies, he had TV shows. He was wrestling at that point in time. 
Okay. I have to I have to go with that one too. The, that's the easy one is probably to say Hulk Hogan. My personal favorite in that time in that per- certain time was Macho Man Randy Savage. I do believe he was the best out of everybody in that era, and that includes guys like Flair uh, in NWA, which is saying a lot because Flair was absolutely phenomenal in that point in, in time. Um, I felt felt Macho Man definitely had the look. He was charismatic, almost as charismatic, if not even a little more charismatic than Hulk Hogan at some time, just because of how crazy he was. But the thing is, Macho Man could really work in the ring. And like you guys just said, Hogan wasn't necessarily, as far as in his in-work, in-ring work, not necessarily the best when you're comparing it to a lot of other different people over the years. But if we are just basing it off of draw, their influence, what they did in that time, the storylines they had and everything... And one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, long-term book story told in pro wrestling is the Mega Powers exploding with Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. So, I don't want this to be a theme as far as us uh, agreeing, but I will agree with you guys, and I'll probably have, I have to agree and say that Hulk Hogan was probably the best of that era, even though if he's not necessarily one of my favorite wrestlers. But, like you guys said, you cannot deny the influence he had at the time when he was on top. Even when he left the WWE, Vince thought he was done, right? And then he goes to WCW, and look what happened over there. Another massive explosion. He completely reinvented himself. Joe, To be fair, though, if this was not just, like, we're looking at the 80s in a vacuum. If we weren't doing that, I wouldn't have said Hulk Hogan, because in the 90s, especially the late 90s, he did do a lot to actually hurt the business. I mean, he's one of the reasons why WCW died. So, I mean... yeah. Putting keeping that in mind that we're kind of looking at this in a vacuum from the eighties in the eighties only. Yeah. I was looking at it yeah. as a draw perspective. So, you know, that's what I was looking at. What that, made the most money? That is a big thing. That a draw is a very important point. And Hulk Hogan was like the biggest draw at that point in wrestling history. But but yes, we are how we're doing this for now is we are looking at each different individual era because to me Hulk Hogan is not the greatest of all time. We'll get to that a little later. So, moving on to the golden era and how the territories are kind of split up, now we're kind of moved on to the Attitude Era and the WCW in the Monday Night Wars. Going around, the, going around here, um, this time, Ed, I'm going to start with you. At that point in time, who do you think was the greatest in that era, of the Attitude Era and of uh, the Monday Night Wars era? Stone Cold, Steve Austin, definitely. I know the rocks there too, but I have to go with Austin just because it, without Austin, there's no rocks. So you kind of need them together. But Austin was there, and he he was just it was beautiful. The everything he did uh, was he the one that well I, well I know it's a storyline. What was Shane bought WCW and then they had them all together, right? That's how that worked that time. What do you mean? Well, when I know. If I remember, when he came out with the tank, or I'm getting, I'm thinking I'm getting confused. I think that's DX actually. That had the yes, DX. 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 It was more like a military. <laughs> it was a military. <laughs> yeah. I T- tiny DX because that was another one. I tiny to little thing. We we only had to yeah. pick one, so I have to go with Austin. I just, <laughs> everything he did was good, and then when he was beating up Vince, all those good storylines and stuff. It was just good. I just like him more than The Rock at that time. Okay. Well, I actually just skipped over an era really quickly, but we'll go back to that after this. But for now, Joe, uh, for you, who would you say was the best in that Monday Night Wars Attitude Era time? I mean, 
I hopefully this is the last time we all agree, but I, I have to say Austin too because and he he like he would be better than Hulk Hogan in this aspect because I think he was a better talker. I think he was a better personality. You know, he wasn't as one dimensional as Hulk Hogan, I would say, and he was just a damn good wrestler. I mean, this is finally a guy who not only had you know the draw, he had the merch, he had the 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 the, the what do you call him the uh, the, the the sayings. That's not the word. Catchphrases. 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 Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the sayings. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but he can actually like you know go toe to toe with anybody in ring within the square circle and actually <laughs> ring, you know wrestle circles around everybody. Yeah, so you have to expect the hell out of that. For sure. Um, I mean, the you, talk. I, mean, I guess you could say it's different than Hogan's. Hogan was more corny, and Austin was, which is Hogan I, was I, two like, different styles. I don't Ho- know if it's fair. Yeah, it's a Ga- different era. Ga- yeah. Guys in Hogan's era, that was very much like they're superheroes. You know, it's like Superman is getting all pumped up and talking to you, and you know, like every single person in that era was a superhero from Hulk Hogan to Macho Man Randy Savage, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, um, Andre the Giant to Ultimate Warrior. They're all like superheroes. Cartoons come to life, whereas the Attitude Era was more of guys just being complete and total badasses. And yeah, Austin is the most badass of the bunch. And yes, I have to agree because Austin is the guy who got me into wrestling. So I can't say that he's not the greatest in that era. And as much as I love The Rock and I love Undertaker, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and all those guys, um, I have to say Austin because um, I talk with my uncle who was in uh, middle school and into high school when Austin was on top. And he's like, dude, you like... Because I did get to hear a Stone Cold Steve Austin reaction when he came out to the ring. It was my first show, SummerSlam 2007. He made a surprise appearance. And to this day, it's one of the loudest pops I've ever heard as a kid, uh, as a wrestling fan. And I was losing my mind at the fact that the guy who got me into wrestling, with the segment, what it was, was seeing him spray Vince and Shane and The Rock with beer before their match at WrestleMania 15. I was just flipping through channels as a kid, and I saw that. I was instantly hooked. For on the, beer? Yeah. <laughs> yes, on beer. At, <laughs> at like seven years old. <laughs> Whatever that WrestleMania 15 was. Anyway, boy. Anyway, so, yeah, Austin must have been real proud that he was encouraging child drinking. Anyway, um, <laughs> but it was just a very surreal full circle moment for me that the guy who got me into wrestling was at my first show, and it was a complete and total surprise. And it was... Still, one of my favorite moments as a wrestling fan, moments of my life. It's a cool moment I shared with my dad. Um, and it really shows that the influence that he had, the just he could make catchphrases like nobody else's business. And it wasn't a thing where it's just like, you know, where somebody like now in WWE or, or WWE mainly, where someone has a catchphrase and they kind of shove it down your throats. Whereas, like, you know, the Austin 316 said, uh, says I just whipped your ass and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so what um, gonna drink two beers what three beers what four beers what a shot of whiskey his promos were just great and funny he's just an all around great great wrestler and even though the man himself will say he only had five moves he knew how to tell a story with the opponents in the ring and by far his greatest opponent being The Rock um, going back a because I did forget about this. There was a little era of the WWF 
and pro wrestling where before the Attitude Era, this is at a point where like WCW is starting to get really hot with their guys, um, and Raw was being held in the Hammerstein Ballroom with Vince McMahon and Macho Man on commentary, and this is kind of like I can't remember that necessarily that era what it's called. Is but that the that would be the new, the new age or something. Yeah, new age. But Ed, what'd you say? Was that the awkward Shawn Michaels title reign era when he was being all weird? Was I don't that, know. Was that no? I don't know about awkward to say the least, but it is the right area. Shawn was more or less uh, one of the guys on top. But uh, I'll uh, I'll start this time by saying in that era when you had guys who stepped up like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, um, you know Owen Hart starts stepping up. You have Yokozuna, uh, you know because guys like Hogan and Flair and Savage and Steamboat, they're all starting to go away. You know, Razor Ramon is on the rise. Diesel is on the rise. You know, these guys are still uh, big characters, but they're not drawing like they did with guys like Hogan and Savage. What is that noise? I don't know. Ed, is that you? No. Okay, then. But you all heard that. Don't worry, Ben. Okay, then. Anyway. (laughs) Looks like you may have to edit this, CJ. Sorry. Mm, Looks like I might have to, yeah. Anyway, no, you're not gonna edit nothing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so here's what here's who I think in that era is the best, and to me, it's Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels at that point in time, I can hear a coming in. Son of a bitch! <laughs> I know. I knew you were gonna support him because I said awkward, and you're like, no, he's not. I knew it was coming. <laughs> Shawn Michaels, without a doubt, is one of, and you can argue, is the greatest wrestler of all time. And at that point, he had an intense feud with Bret Hart, which led to a real-life feud with Bret Hart, leading to the Montreal Screwjob, which we've all talked about that. We all know about what that is. If you don't know what that is, go on YouTube, look it up. You'll learn all about it. And it, the feud between Bret and Sean was personal. They had a, an historic match at WrestleMania 12, I think it was, the Iron Man match. And then Shawn Michaels, one of his best matches, having me in the first famous ladder match for the inter- to be to crown who's the true Intercontinental Champion, Razor Ramon or Shawn Michaels. Which, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, your dad was at that WrestleMania, right? He was, and he was arguing with somebody who thought everything was real, and he was like, "Dude, shut oh, up! Hold <laughs> They're not getting each other with the real steel <laughs> oh, ladders." Boy, you're gonna get everybody <laughs> upset, Joe. Come on, now. <laughs> well, that's what I'm here for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll kind of leave it at that. Just. Uh, Shawn, Shawn Michaels at that point I think was the best of all time and it transitioned into the Attitude Era um, Joe what about you? I, I, feel, I have a feeling we're going to agree Well I was really banking on you saying Bret Hart because I can't say Bret Hart I don't. I honestly just don't like him I very much at all I, I think he's kind of overrated to be honest But I can't, um, I can't either oh, go ahead. No I was, just, I was <laughs> disagreeing with you I can't either I, I can fully acknowledge people If they want to say He's the best ever Or if he's one of the best ever And there are some Really good Bret Hart matches Out there Like one Bret Hart match I really like Is him and Austin At Wrestlemania 13 Probably my favorite match That Bret has ever done But I'm just I was just never really A big Bret Hart fan That's fair I mean I'm going to not say Shawn Michaels Only because I'm going to Say him later Spoilers <laughs> But um I do think I'm kind of I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit here. I am going to say the duo of Diesel and Razor Ramon because yes, they You're blew off up the pod. WWE. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. They blew up WWE, right? They were very influential in WWE. They were 
easily top five most influential guys from this era, going hands down. But what really puts them over the edge is them leaving WWE, going to WCW, starting the NWO. And that just creates this huge clash between WCW and WWE. And those two guys basically forced WWE to go into the Attitude Era and kind of grow up a little bit because they're really the ones who kind of changed the landscape. I mean, everyone says that the Attitude Era kind of starts with, you know, Steve Austin's Austin 316 or it starts with the Montreal Screwjob, whatever, whatever. I think it starts with the Outsiders invading WCW because if they didn't force WWE to change, they who knows if they would have. So, I mean, that, that they're hugely uh, historic in just his wrestling history. That's a very good point. It's a very good point. I'm not going to argue against it. 100% um, agree. <laughs> See, Ed, are you just doing Sean, that? where are you? <laughs> Ed, is that your answer? Come on. I, I No, for real. I don't know much about that era, so I really can't comment. But I know of Shawn Michaels and the Montreal Screwjob. So I can't really give a professional okay. or opinion. I'll just that's, go with what Joe says on this. That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly I don't fine. think any of us can give professional opinions. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> well, CJ <laughs> is the IWC champion. So. That is right. He is the king. <laughs> and I'm here to defend my title and now okay moving on uh, so moving on from the attitude era we have the ruthless aggression era now oh, you could do better than that you have to say it like Vince okay. come on the ruthless aggression era oh that's beautiful mm. <laughs> this and, is why this is why you're the champ anyway <laughs> that's right damn it <laughs> okay <laughs> moving on um yeah, so the Ruthless Aggression Era. Now, we have gone on record and said, all three of us, we think collectively this is the greatest era of pro wrestling. Uh-huh. For sure. So I would think this is a little harder for us to pick. So, without being biased, of course. Yeah, without being biased. <laughs> so, Ed, I will start with you because this, I will say, is your wheelhouse. This is your era. This is the era of wrestling. That If you're talking about pro wrestling, you can talk about this for a long time. In your opinion, Ed, well, I'm in your opinion. Well, I'm messing up how we're structuring this thing. <laughs> Unbiasedly <laughs> thinking, who do you think was the best of the Ruthless Aggression era? Oh, man. I'm, okay. Well, I'm not being biased, but I'm going to go out flat out and just say it, Eddie Guerrero. Speaking Why? It's being a little biased. Well, no, no, no. Come on now. See, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm messing with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. In ring talent just hardest worker a lot of ability he could do everything he wasn't the biggest guy and even though he wasn't the biggest he overcame all those vince fetish obstacles and they got the title <laughs> on him that's hard to do. not only that those promos those segments comedy skill it had everything it was a mixture it could be corny it could be funny it could be serious like when he was talking to it had everything and so, not only that, the feuds and the people he worked with, Angle, Lesnar, Rey Mysterio, John Cena, JBL, long list of just great matches he's had. And sure, there's a lot of people, and I I used to watch SmackDown more than Raw, so obviously I'm going to give him, you know, go with the SmackDown, the SmackDown guy. But I think he was the greatest of that era. It's hard to disagree with that because Eddie Guerrero was a guy who, for a long time, not too many people really thought he uh, he was as great as he was, unfortunately, until he passed away. It wasn't until then where people really started to see the the greatness of his work, you know. Um, 
and Eddie had a lot of great matches with different people, like the guys you just said. Um, um, just um, in that era, I think one thing that really goes um, underrated with Eddie's work is his time as a heel, as brief as it was in like 2005. Uh, heel that was cheered. He had that same effect Austin did. Yeah, that's that's the thing. But but he, but Eddie was able to get people to boo him though. He was one of those heels that even though like yes, he sim- was able to do that. Similar to like you know uh, Austin or like CM Punk or um, uh, guys like that who could who yes they're supposed to be heels and they do get cheered, but they are able to make you hate them. Um, but Joe, I'll move on to you. Ruthless Aggression Era, who do you think was the greatest of all time in that era? Uh, my answer isn't going to be the same if you're asking me regularly because I'm going to be saving this person for my overall greatest of all time, okay. period. Okay. But I'd say the second would be Shawn Michaels. I think Shawn Michaels is the one who kind of... I don't want to say carried this one, but I mean, this is where he really shined because when you talk about Shawn Michaels, you kind of have to look at his career in two halves. You know, before his injury and after his injury. This was after his injury, and that's probably it's ar- arguably, if not for sure, the greatest run for any wrestler in history. Uh, as an old man, really. I mean, he retired when oh eight, oh nine, whatever it was, and that, that's around the when the ruthless aggression era ended. So that entire time, he was putting out his best work, uh, and again, it's, it's another. He's not as big of a draw as, say, an Austin or a Hogan or one of these guys. But, I mean, he was just a guy who, he was like Clay. You know, you can mold him into whatever you want, and he can do it perfectly. You know, he would, he could play a heel, he could be face, he could, you know, wrestle amazing five-star matches every night. And, you know, you just kind of expect greatness from him because he did it all the time. So, I think he has to be there. Well, I for sure agree with you in the fact that I think uh, Michael's second run in the company is by far his best. Um, he, he somehow, he was already considered to be the greatest of all time in his era that he was in, and somehow he's considered to be the greatest of all time in the, pre, in the next era that he's in, when really he shouldn't be as good as he, as he was, but he was even better, in my opinion. Um, but I'm not sure if I could really say Shawn Michaels was the greatest in that era, because even though you say, Joe, that he wasn't written, you think he's not necessarily as big of a draw as like a Hogan or an Austin or Rock or somebody like that. But when you look back at the Attitude Era, there were a lot of guys on. It's the last era that felt like these guys were larger than life. You had guys like Shawn Michaels, uh, Triple H, Batista, John Cena, Rey Mysterio, Edge, Randy Orton, guys who were still larger than life and felt like a real truly truly a big deal but if i'm being completely unbiased and i don't want to give the same answer as you <laughs> <laughs> i want to try and get some different di- differentiality in this podcast but i'm gonna go out on a limb and i'm gonna say john cena Okay, I mean, Thugonomics was incredible. (laughs) John Cena was a guy who, at the time, was starting to become on the rise of the Ruthless Aggression era. 
You could argue that it kind of started when he challenged Kurt Angle. He's like, what do you have do you think that can beat me? Ruthless aggression. Pop. And then the match started. Everyone knew who John Cena was at that point. And later on going into his Dr. Thugonomics gimmick, you know, he was supposed to be a heel, but he just eventually, gradually, people just started to appreciate his heel work. He just became a babyface. He was like the most popular guy on SmackDown at one point. Having worked with guys like Eddie Guerrero, JBL, The Big Show, uh, Rey Mysterio, Chris Benoit. Uh, he has worked with just about everybody at a time where and a lot of people were saying, you know, the kid can't hang, the kid can't hang. But he even says himself, he's like, I've been, I've been with the best. And they say, you know what, the kid can't hang. And it was at a point where John Cena was starting to become the biggest star they ever continuous biggest draw they ever had from the years i would say probably around 2004 2005 ish all the way to he kind of just quietly left the company and kind of went on to do hollywood because you think about the feuds he's had not even just think about his stuff with smackdown and dr thugonomics there is one particular feud that i think is the greatest feud at least in the early portions of the Attitude Era. And that's Edge versus John Cena. Two guys who were absolutely perfect for each other in the perfect babyface and the perfect heel. And yes, maybe it's at certain points, the crowd was kind of getting tired of Cena, some areas of them. But Edge was still that heel that could play the perfect foil for a babyface John Cena. And it culminated, it started at New Year's, uh, New Year's Revolution, all the way to the Royal Rumble, to SummerSlam, to an amazing TLC match at Unforgiven. I could go on and on about the feud between John Cena and Edge, but you see that he's in a John Cena is in a big portion of feuds that happened in the Attitude Era. I'm sorry, Ruthless Aggression Era, knowing with him, Randy Orton, John Cena and Shawn Michaels, John Cena and Triple H, Batista. The list goes on and on. So I think he's just been with the biggest number of feuds and top guys. And he and there's no denying that he's the biggest draw in WWE's history. And that's why I think he is the best in overall, looking at overall, it's John Cena. And he didn't really start getting like old until 07, 08, where, you know, it was like he was winning every match and he was the top of everything that forever. Was the, that was so, the Super Cena era. Yeah, that, yeah. that so is like oh, everything before that was just unbelievable. And that, you know, that's basically when with the Aggression Era died, which is when 07, 08 happened. So, everything. Yeah, the yeah, Ru- I, I would that. say the Ruthless Aggression Era was still alive up until 2008. 2007, I would say, yeah. is the tail end of it. And with that, uh, Cena was starting to like people were starting to get a little tired. I think people actually starting to get a little tired of Cena in 2006. If you watch back his WrestleMania match with Triple H, the crowd boo him. They started to get tired of him then. But every once in a while, that's when things kind of like, okay, what's going on here? Which we will lead on to the following era, which I guess you could call the PG, PG era. era. PG era. Yeah. The I'm trying. I'm really trying to break this down because. I don't want to say today's era is still necessarily the PG era. Um, no, I, th- I know there was a PG era, and then there's now like a what's it called, the reality era? I think it's called now or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> the uh, what? I think, I think I, that's what they call I, it. I, I don't know. 
I would yeah, that's what me, it's called. Me personally, I would just call it today's era. But anyway, let's break this down from 2008 all the way to 2013 is what it says online. 13? All right. 2008 yeah. to 2013. Um, Joe, I'll start with you. Who do you think was the best of that particular era? Um, up to 2013. Yeah, I have to say uh, CM Punk, I think. Oh, there we go. I knew there it. it is. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? Because in 2008, Punk was, I think Punk was there in 2008, maybe 2009, yes. whatever yes, it was. he was, he was. And he was slowly starting to build a following and slowly starting to, you know, do his thing in ECW, whatever. And then he moves to SmackDown and, you know, he's doing his thing. And then he really ramps up with the Straight Edge Society. And then the Summer of Punk happens. And this is probably what you would consider the third boom in wrestling history. The first being with Hulk Hogan in the 80s, second being Stone Cold in the 90s, and the third being with CM Punk in 2012. And he's a huge reason why a bunch of people got back into wrestling he's again it just he kind of ticks all the boxes that we've been talking about great talker great character very influential extra, great wrestler i mean there's really not much not enough you can say about the guy yeah he didn't last as long but you know for someone who can, who did as much as he did in the short amount of time that he did it i mean that just oozes greatness in and of itself punk was definitely a guy and i've gone on record for He's one of, if not my favorite wrestler of all time. Because, like you said, Joe, he was a reason like a lot of people got back into wrestling, and he's the reason why I got back into wrestling myself. So, it was that promo. It I, At that point, I was kind of paying attention, like, here and there, being like, all right, you know, this and that. And I saw he had taken over the Nexus, and I'm like... But at that point, I was like a casual fan. Once he cut that promo on the stage and said the things that he said, I'm like, is he going to get in trouble for this? What the hell is going on? Like, it made fans wonder, is this real? Is this, like, what is this? So, he brought me back, and fully brought me back to where I am today. Yeah, um, 10 CM Punk shirts at the time, I think. I still have a lot of those CM Punk shirts. <laughs> I still have them somewhere in my house. Um, but, Ed, I guess I'll move on to you. Who do you think was the best of that era? That's when I stopped watching. But you're right, CM Punk brought me back when he was talking about the the business and then those uh, signing remember he was signing the contract with Vince and he yeah. was just saying all that stuff. You will apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so that that was just funny. Those were good promos, and he was a good, good wrestler. So I, I came back for a little bit, but then I stopped watching. So I would have to say CM Punk since he's the reason I started watching it again. Didn't they bring back the ice cream bars recently? Did they, they they did. Like and what's what's funny is they did it like after Punk joined the WWE backstage. <laughs> That's awesome. like they like whether it was happenstance or coincidence or whatever. It's like they released it after the fact. But honestly, uh, yeah, Punk's the greatest of all time. He brought back ice cream bars. <laughs> period. Took a long time, but he did it. <laughs> I know who's gonna be Joe's ultimate goat, and it's funny because oh, you already I didn't mention that. him at all. At all? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I know who he's. Ta- I know who he's talking about, and I know that's why. But we have to get through one more before we get to greatest of all time here. And we're what? Yeah, guys. Look, whether you like it or not, there is one more. So, but now this has made it extremely difficult for me. I don't want to agree with you guys again. I don't. I really, <laughs> really don't. There's literally what do you have against us, CJ. What have we ever done to you? 
<laughs> a lot. I could make a whole list. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you ran me over, all right? You okay. Shut up. So, <laughs> so I could say CM Punk. I really could. There is one person I'd like to say, but I don't know if I could really say it. I could say Daniel Bryan, but unfortunately, I'm not. I have to agree with you guys. I have to say CM Punk. I mean, what else can I say that Joe didn't already say? He was a guy who, in his early stages, was very overlooked. If, you, if you're talking about 2008 to about 2010, he was vastly underutilized. Yeah, he may have had some title reigns here and there. He was tag team champion. He won Money in the Bank twice. He won a World Heavyweight title. But Punk didn't really start coming into his own until he won that second World Heavyweight Championship with the Money in the Bank briefcase from Jeff Hardy. In the beginning of the feud, was kind of like, okay, Punk was kind of a tweener. He was using the briefcase like, hey, I'm just doing what everybody else did. I did what I did last time. It wasn't until he got into a, the middle of the feud with Jeff Hardy where he turned heel and it became the free life, uh, live free lifestyle of Jeff Hardy versus the straight edge lifestyle of CM Punk. And I think that's when people really started to see, oh, damn, CM Punk's really good. His early work like that, that's one of my favorite feuds that Punk has had was with Jeff Hardy because I was a big fan of both, of Jeff Hardy and CM Punk. They have very similar um, very similar characteristics um, in ring, their personalities. And then, like you said, Joe, the Straight Edge Society, uh, that's that's when like you know he was really like the most hated heel in, the, in all of wrestling, I would say. Go, moving on to the Pipe Bomb promo, uh, the Summer of Punk, where he eventually won the world title, holding it for over a year. The longest WWE Championship reign in the modern era, I believe. I don't think AJ Styles beat that, that title reign. I still believe it's Punk, the most who's had the longest title reign in however many years. You know, with all the opponents he has faced, with guys like Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler, John Cena, eventually facing The Rock, leading to his WrestleMania match uh, with Chris Jericho and a WrestleMania match with The Undertaker. Punk was the most over, and up until 2013, white, the white, hot, hottest guy on the entire roster. Uh, unfortunately, he just never got to the main event of WrestleMania, which he absolutely deserved. Um, which, Joe, you read that... that uh, era was up until 2013 yeah i was just about to say because if you were about to say daniel bryan that might have been cheating because i don't think his huge start really happened until about that time anyway like 2013 ish the end of so it. It, yeah i guess it would technically be the new era yeah which would so, be 2014 now okay so let's do it one last one last era to go through and then we will really dive in and kind of debate as to why we think our three personal Greatest of all times are the greatest of all time. But first, let's go into it. Um, uh, Ed, I'm just going to get you out of the way real quickly because I know you don't really watch what's going on right now, but who do you think is the greatest right now? I don't even know who's wrestling right now. Okay, then. All right, I'll, maybe I'll give, I'll give you some. Uh, hold on, I want to say this. I want to say this. Every single person... That's not in AEW. How about that? No. There are a lot of great guys in AEW. Come on. You're a dick. You're a dickhead. You're a dickhead. Rustling the Jimmies. I enjoy it. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
All right. CJ, do I have to tag you in more in more wrestling botch videos? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know some people right now. Oh man, the only person I really care about is Sasha Banks. That's pretty much it. But that's it. I don't know. My opinion is not valid on this one. I'll just pass. The- <laughs> no, your your opinion is your your thing is Sasha Banks. The little knowledge that you have, Ed. I mean, Joe, your turn. I know. Okay. I know. I know. You don't currently watch that much either, but you're. Well, no, no- I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, your knowledge is much more vast. See, this is probably the hardest because it seems like every single person they try to push everyone hates (laughs) you know like between roman reigns between uh seth rollins recently uh, it's hard to pick someone well i mean they're people they're kind of on and off with her then i don't know what the hell's going on with that i'll tell you right now a lot of people have turned on her after mania yeah i know i mean it's like one month that everyone's everyone hates her one month everyone likes her no one i don't know whatever but I'm going to steal your answer, probably. I'm going to say Daniel Bryan, because he's <laughs> probably one of the <laughs> he's probably one of the only stars in this era that naturally just got big because the fans wanted it to, and it, and it felt natural, it felt real. Um, I, again, I'm not a huge fan of his character, but his in-ring work is always excellent. And yes, he was retired for a good amount of the time, but it's just another one of those things where, you know, he did have a huge influence on uh, wrestling, and I wouldn't say he caused like a second boom or like a fourth boom or whatever, like Punk, you know, and all these other guys did. But yeah, he he was. God, it's so hard to say, but yeah, you know, no, I'm gonna go with Brian. Okay. Well, I almost decided to go with Brian, but there was oh, one. Of... Thank God. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but. Oh, I know it's, you're pick. it's I I think Joe knows. I I I, I know um, it's very easy to go with Brian because he's like one of the last guys who got to like the superstardom of a larger than life wrestler. He was like the last guy to do it with his build up to WrestleMania 30 when he finally won the title. And like you said, Joe, yes, even though he was retired for a few years, his body of work from that time leading up to now even though he he's did some great work recently like one of my favorite things he's done overall is the the new daniel bryan stuff when he turned heel leading up to his match with kofi at mania last year which was not only just a great match but just a great build and a great story you know the roles were reversed of you know now it's bryan who is on the authority kind of side of calling kofi a b-plus player um, and Kofi is the one who's been scratching and clawing his way, who's been working hard for 11 years just to even have an opportunity at the WWE Championship. Um, but with that being said, there is one other person in that time who you can argue still right now is the greatest, and that man is the phenomenal AJ Styles. This is the person you think I was going to pick, Joe? No, I thought you were going to pick uh, Why Too Fat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll give my reasonings for AJ Styles. So AJ Styles, even though for the most part of this kind of era in WWE, he was off in other places for a long time. He was in TNA. He was in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was in Ring of Honor, making all the way to WWE up in early 2016, debuting at the Royal Rumble. Now... 
Styles, looking back, people have been saying for years that AJ Styles is the best in the world. AJ Styles is the best in the world. He somehow, he is always to, no matter what person you put in the ring with him, he's a very similar to a Shawn Michaels that he can make anybody look great in the ring. You put him in the match with anybody. The body of work that he has with guys like Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, CM Punk in Ring of Honor for a brief period of time, Daniel Bryan is Bryan Danielson, Adam Cole, moving on to uh, his T, uh, his TNA days, also Samoa Joe, but also Kurt Angle, Sting, Jeff Hardy. You move on to when he joined New Japan, immediately joining the Bullet Club, the most popular, most popular faction in modern wrestling history. That's not the anything affiliated with WWE or a WWE-owned property. That includes WCW. Very NWO-esque, yes, it is, but it breathed new blood with AJ Styles at the fold of the leader of the group, coming in immediately, attacking the top guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling history and Kazuchika Okada, the world champion, revealing and unzippering his jacket with a Bullet Club t-shirt. Finn Balor, a.k.a. Prince Devitt at the time, on his way out of the company, AJ comes in, and the Bullet Club, it's like nothing ever happened. He was IWGP champion twice, I believe, in his time in New Japan, having great matches against guys like Okada, Ibushi, Minoru Suzuki, Carl Anderson, uh, Kenny Omega, I believe. Actually, no, he didn't face Kenny Omega. Uh, his Personally, one of my favorite AJ Styles matches his match with Shinsuke Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom 10, right before both men left to go to the WWE. Styles has been able to adapt and to the style of every place he's gone to, and somehow he evolves and keeps getting better in every single pl place he works in, which leads us to where he is today in the WWE. He debuts at the Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble where Roman Reigns has his title on the line, and unfortunately, we have Roman looking at the camera like, well, who is this? I am phenomenal. Like, trying to downplay nobody knows who AJ Styles is when the whole crowd is losing their effing minds. Comes in at number three. No one expected. <laughs> no one expects him to go in at number three. And he goes off to face have a feud with Chris Jericho. Goes on and, has, and then feuds with John Cena. At SummerSlam, he pins John Cena. Middle of the ring. No interference from Gallows and Anderson at all. He pins him. He goes on to win the WWE Championship, having one of the best reigns in, in modern history. He goes off, has a surprisingly better match than anybody should have imagined against Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 33, which was probably, all time. <laughs> probably the best match at WrestleMania 33. And then goes on, wins the championship back from Jinder Mahal, brings Jinder Mahal to an actual good match at some point, for some reason. He had a brief... A good time with the U.S. Championship. Coming back, he turns heel again, has great matches with Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, brings back the O.C., rest in peace O.C., Gals and Anderson being gone from the company now. But my, the fact of the matter is, AJ Styles has been able, like I said, he's been able to adapt in every single company he's worked in and every single style. And it's hard to believe that a guy in his age, who's in his early 40s, is able to be considered the best he's ever been right now at the tail end of his career. Some guys can't do that. But Styles, very similar to a Shawn Michaels, 
has been able to be that good at such an early age, uh, such an older age. He's got the wisdom of Shawn Michaels, but he moves like Shawn Michaels in his early days of pro wrestling. I wouldn't say early, but I'd probably say like early Ruthless Aggression era. That's how good AJ Styles is. So for me, AJ Styles is the best of this era. I know I kind of went a little outside with the w- with New Japan and Ring of Honor and all that, but I have to credit that to where he got to now. Yeah, him along with Will Smith are people that just kind of don't age. So, <laughs> it's true. Crazy. Even though Will Smith ages, he still looks like he's like 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we get into our big topics. Who is the greatest of all time? Ed, I'm not going to start with you. I'm uh, going to start with Joe. <laughs> well, that was nice. Wow. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, like ki- I'm kidding. Go ahead, Ed. You're good. Blue ball and I'm unbelievable. Blue ball and the fans. They want to know. I know they care. They're itching to hear it, Ed. They're itching to hear it. Okay. Only because of the longevity. He's been doing it for such a long time, and he may or may not still be doing it now. I'm going to have to go with Undertaker. You piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> we didn't mention him at all for a good reason. I should have had Joe go first. But Joe's uh, going to make it better because he knows so much about this guy. He knows dick size, bowel movements. He knows everything. So <laughs> Joe's going to make it sound better than me. <laughs> but yeah, just because of longevity. <laughs> he's he's been around for such a long time he's been in every single era he's good he didn't really uh for promos they didn't really have to say much right you could just do his eyes this is your floor dude you say we're not going to correct you or anything no i know i'm just (laughs) saying this is what i think so i I mean it's going to keep a nice short sweet it's going to be undertaker and i'll let joe explain the actual solid reasons from now go joe go ahead and explain no, no, you go. You go. We <laughs> your wrestler. It's your pick. You do I, it. I just said it. But, <laughs> but you are going to go into details that I can't even imagine, so go ahead. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's going to sound kind of hypo- uh, hypocritical because I was like, oh, you can't be biased. I actually have legitimate reasons for this, okay? Yeah, so it. here's the thing. We already know how great of a wrestler he is. First of all, he's six foot eight, whatever he is, almost three hundred pounds. A guy like him shouldn't move the way he moves. So automatically, you know, probably the best big man of all time. Um, his character, the best character of all time. It's a character that should have been dead in the water, and he transformed it into something that no one else could have done. Nobody. Three. Here's the thing with him. In work, in ring work aside, whenever you listen to an interview with wrestlers about who's a leader of the locker room, because that's one of the biggest things about being the greatest of all time. You have to be the greatest in the ring, out of the ring, in the locker room, whatever. Undertaker was always the guy to go to. He was always the guy who ran the locker room, who helped young stars, uh, you know, become who they could be live up to their potential i mean hell if you guys remember he was putting over guys like mr kennedy mvp vladimir kozlov mm-hmm. uh great Kali, <laughs> fastest fast well sure yeah gallows i mean yeah i mean a guy of his caliber could have easily said hey vince i'm huge i want to be in the spotlight forever and he, he would have got it easily and 
he that's just not the kind of guy he is because he understands what wrestling is, what wrestling should be, what it has to be. And he knows that, okay, I'm going to have my time in the spotlight, and then I'm going to go away for a while, and then I'm going to, you know, kind of middle around the middle card and the mid card. And no matter what position he was in the card, he was always interesting. And he did another thing that a lot of wrestlers tend to not do. And I think you might be saying this later, but Chris Jericho kind of ravels him here. He's a guy who really adapts with the times. His When he debuted to now, he must have gone through like 8 to 10 different transformations. And again, not too many people do that. And But again, he has the wrestling IQ to do stuff like that because he knows that, hey, if I'm going to stay fresh, if I'm going to stay influential, I have to do this stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to say that He's, you know, obviously the greatest of all time because, I mean, that's a pretty loaded question. But the way I see it, I can't think of anyone else. I mean, I, I see arguments for Shawn Michaels and guys like that, but no one really had the backstage influence that he had. Solid, man. And by the way, has today. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt that, in my opinion, and I'm sure we can all agree here, is that The Undertaker is the greatest character that has ever come out of pro wrestling like you said a gimmick that should not have worked a walking dead man should not have worked in pro wrestling but it did mark halloway didn't just make the character like he didn't just play the part he was and still is the undertaker he is the embodiment of that character and remember this when he was Booger Red, when he was Biker Taker, he had the entrance theme by the WWE's favorite band, Limp Biscuit. Case closed, CJ. Case closed. <laughs> Talk about the he said, she said bullshit. <laughs> I can't believe they've said that. What was that, WrestleMania 19 or whatever? Yeah, he had he had them play Roland. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, what do they have now? They have rap music now, don't they? I just, I don't know. They really don't. They really don't. No, for WWE as a band. I don't know, man. They they really don't get too oh, many man. bands in, uh, coming playing down to the ring anymore. But uh, mainly hard rock and metal groups in NXT. So that's something I like. I mean, Limp Bizkit's the one that they said they were the favorite. So whatever. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Freaking Fred Durst. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, Joe, you make a very valid point for the Undertaker. We all know that you're being a tad biased because he is your favorite of all time. Mm-hmm, yeah. But, and Ed, I'm really surprised you didn't say Eddie Guerrero. I'm really surprised. Like, you could have well, said... He here's the thing about the though, right? He wasn't alive long enough, well, right? Dude, so he, had to, a, he had yeah, a long true. career, though. Remember, guys, he you did, don't, but you don't have to just her, genuinely say yeah. WWE. Look what I do with AJ Styles. You can go and look at other portions of their career. But that would have been bias, CJ. That's not bias. That's doing your facts. It's doing your history checks. That would have been biased if I said Eddie. Okay. Now, of course, to me, he's going to be the greatest, but just in a general sense, I would think most people would agree with the taker. Okay. Fair enough. But I wouldn't have you know, busted your balls if you picked Eddie. Anyway. So, 
for those of you who've been paying attention, not me. And, nope, and <laughs> prob- probably haven't. But the person who I set think is the greatest of all time has been said a few times in this podcast, not by me, but <laughs> I would always go and years ago I would think I'd say Austin's the greatest of all time or Shawn Michaels the greatest of all time um it's you could argue that or even a guy like Kurt Angle and they are three of my favorite wrestlers ever but there is one person who similar to The Undertaker has been able to have different appearances of himself transformations and to me, there is no wrestler who has been able to do that better than Chris Jericho. Oh, boy. Chris Jericho, looking over as a whole, he has 30 years of pro wrestling history in him. Going from his days learning in Canada, in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I don't believe that was in Canada. That was some promotion Jim uh, Jim Cornette had somewhere in the South, maybe. Not too exactly sure. But going over into New Japan Pro Wrestling, being Lionheart, going over to WCW, where he had that excellent promo, which, into commercial breaks, he was still giving the 1,001 holds list, where he had the feud with Goldberg, where he made fun of him every week because he's like, yeah, I'm undefeated against Goldberg. Goldberg loses when... In reality, Goldberg couldn't give two flying fucks. There's the f bomb about Chris Jericho. And we're allowed one, right? We are allowed one. Don't go. <laughs> don't go over quota. One each. One overall. We're getting towards the end of the podcast here, guys. I don't know if we can fit one in. <laughs> Fine, you get one. Anyway, so <laughs> if you can make it fit it in there, make it a good one. Anyway. You could say that Chris Jericho, yes, he had great work in WCW. He had a long history in WCW, but he didn't start really coming into his own when he was in the WWF with the countdown. There was a countdown in WWF that kept happening. It appeared on The Rock when The Rock was in the ring cutting a promo, and all you see is Jericho got his arms in the air, grabs the mic and says, Welcome to Raw is Jericho! Jericho being one of the staples of the Attitude Era into the Ruthless Aggression Era, becoming the first ever undisputed champion. I could go on and on about his history with championships and all that. But what really makes him great is when he started his slow, maniacal, heel talking down to the fans suit wearing Jericho when he feuded with Shawn Michaels which let's it started after Shawn Michaels had retired well quote unquote retired Ric Flair leading to one of the best heel turns in pro wrestling history where Chris Jericho bashed a monitor the Jericho 5000 in Shawn Michaels face which legitimately gave Shawn Michaels is it a sty? Is that the word I'm looking for? Like if you look at Shawn, one of Shawn Michaels' eyes, he can't fully open it anymore, and that's and that's legit. It's because of him getting his face smashed into that TV monitor. 
It got extra personal leading into SummerSlam where Chris Jericho legit punched his wife. It was a total accident, but he really knocked out his wife. Hey, he must what? be Italian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't talk during your thing. Don't talk during mine. Which eventually led to Jericho winning the World Heavyweight Championship, getting into a ladder match with uh, with Shawn Michaels at No Mercy. As time went on, time went on, Jericho had been able to, again, evolve his character. He left for a little while, came back as the suit, uh, the light-up jacket Chris Jericho, where, Joe, you remember this, every week on Raw, he'd show up, get excited, and then say nothing. I'm not allowed to talk. It's your thing. <laughs> you just, Joe, I, I, Joe, I think you just made the list. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. He had a few with CM Punk, claiming who was the best in the world. But it was all well and good. But his next greatness was, like you said, Ed, the list of Jericho. A one-off supposed tag team match with Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens against Enzo and Kaz at SummerSlam turned into one of the best organically built stories leading into WrestleMania 33. Where Jericho just said to people who who pissed him off, you're on my list, you're on my list, you're on my list, where he legitimately got a clipboard, said the list of Jericho. You just made the list! Kofi Kingston, The New Day, the camera guy won, Michael Cole, uh, you know, Mick Foley, Stephanie McMahon, Braun Strowman, Sami Zayn, you just, Seth Rollins, you just made the list. Uh, Brooklyn, New York, you just made the list. On and on and on and on and on. A guy who got a clipboard over and a pen. You know what happens? The click of a pen. Over. The word. It. Over. The guy is a brilliant mastermind genius in pro wrestling and just when you think he can't like he can't hang with the guys of of that that are outside of the WWE like oh well Chris Jericho's great but he can't hang with guys like you know with Kenny Omega or or AJ Styles well not, not, sorry not AJ Styles uh, of Okada you know of the Young Bucks Chris Jericho after his end in WWE goes on to New Japan Pro Wrestling has a one-off match with Kenny Omega which drew so much numbers for New Japan for the, for their uh, subscription service, and I, if I believe it was the highest buy rate of their of their Wrestle Kingdom pay per views in a very very long time, thanks to Chris Jericho going in with the Pain Maker. He he eventually he originally went in with the light up jacket, declaring himself the Alpha, but then he got into more of a fight aspect. Brawler, more of like he's not. I'm not here to wrestle you. I'm not here to kick your ass. He had a brief spin in New Japan, and just when you think, well, you know, Jericho's did his thing, and now he can kind of retire happily. He goes in in January at a rally for AEW, announcing that he is signed to All Elite Wrestling, making a company legitimate, and going and going into. Just how he can get ridiculous things over, like a cook of a pen. You just made the list. The word it. He got champagne over. He got a little bit of the bubbly over. Getting aside with just his antics, Chris Jericho has been able to reinvent himself, reinvent his character, which is a very important thing in pro wrestling. A lot of people 
don't do that. A lot of people in pro wrestling history will just ride on their more will ride on their well, I've always done this and this always gets me over and this always does that and doesn't do and don't do anything new, but they will do that and running the risk of becoming stale. Chris Jericho never wants to run the risk of becoming stale. He always wants to improve himself. He always wants to change his character. And there isn't anybody who has had as long of a career at a consistent time without taking an extended period of time off. Chris Jericho, to me, is the greatest of all time. And for my money, the reason why he is, is when he left the WWE and got up to the point where he's doing the things he's doing now. Collectively, just looking at it a whole, that's just what I think. Yeah, I mean, I can't really, it's, you know, very valid. I mean, he got it over, he got a clipboard over, he got his weight over, you know, it's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. I, yeah, he's he's fat. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're but, right though. I mean, being able to adapt and change throughout the times is so unbelievably important. I mean, again, him Taker and maybe like one other person that I, but I can't even think of them right now. I mean, that, that just makes the, uh, the, that's the makings of an all-time great. There, are, I mean, there are a few guys in there. Um, not, but there, there are a few guys who have done it, but there aren't guys like Taker and Jericho who have done it to that level. Like, right. um, Hogan did it, but like, you know, Hogan for two characters is like, right. you know, say, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, you know, golden red Hulk Hogan to, uh, you know, the NWO Hulk Hogan. And but then, he did that because he got stale. Yes, exactly. But the thing is, you let it get to that point. That's the thing. You let it get to that point. Jericho never let it got get to that point. He always changed it. Well, CJ, I respect your opinion, but you're wrong. So there you go. I respect your opinion, <laughs> but you are wrong too, my friend. <laughs> um, man, I'm looking at the clock here, guys, and we are a little over an hour and five minutes. That went by really Under fast. Two hours. Let's go. <laughs> Under How two- about you settle down? You need to settle down a little bit. Yeah, I don't think we can go another hour talking about the greatest of all time. Okay, we were lying at that point. Now we're going to see our real favorites and be biased. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think guys I think we should kind of end it there um, is there um, any honorable mentions that you guys want to want to say at all that you wanted to say but couldn't I was gonna I was gonna talk about overrated and underrated guys but I mean that could be a totally different podcast so another podcast for another day yeah all right let's save it for that then Ed, any final words I, I, yeah I mean Funaki should be on that list. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> no, Funaki's great. I mean, and- if you said Jimmy Wang Yang, I would have agreed with you. <laughs> <laughs> Redneck Asian cowboy. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, that'll do it for this edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Joe, Ed, I want to thank you guys both again for coming on. This was a lot of fun. I love having you guys on. Um, hope, hopefully, you know, with our quarantine going on right now want to get a lot more content out there and considering that i'm not going back to work until may 5th until after may 15th i got plenty of time in my hands so anyway 
Thank you again, guys. Um, please be sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Google Podcasts, uh, Play rather, uh, Anchor.fm, Podbean, Spotify, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Please, I don't say this enough, and I should. Please leave us a five star rating, leave us a review, uh, write a review. Uh, it really helps boost the podcast. It really helps boost the numbers. Uh, share with your friends. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, TNAWP, like us on Facebook, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast, like us on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. So for CJ Palmasano and my returning guests, best friends, Ed and Joe, we'll see you next time.